Have you got someone you feel comfortable phoning at five o'clock in the morning to tell your troubles to? And he said that if the answer to that question was yes, you were far more likely to live longer than if the answer was no. I'm Dr. Mark Rowe and welcome to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. As a family physician, my expertise is supporting people in the areas of positive health and lifestyle medicine. Join me in conversations that share life lessons, health habits and leadership practices, focusing on positive psychology, lifestyle medicine and ways that enable you to live with more vitality on purpose. Appreciating that when it comes to your vitality, that everything is so interconnected. Episodes will air weekly and you can find me wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, on my website, drmarkrow.com. I'm Dr. Mark Rowe. Welcome to In the Doctor's Chair. And in this short solo episode, I'd like to talk some more about lifestyle medicine and this concept of what is well-being. Defined as an evidence-based, lifestyle-first approach to prevention and treatment of chronic disease, lifestyle medicine really is the best medicine for lasting well-being. Since medical school, I've had a strong desire to change the culture of a pill for every ill. And from my experience in general medical practice, I appreciate how positive lifestyle changes can become the best medicine for lasting well-being. If you're a leader who recognizes, particularly since COVID-19, that living with vitality and building a more resilient mind matter now more than ever for you and your team, then this podcast is for you. For further details, visit drmarkrow.com. I'm a Capricorn. I was born in January, so I've always been interested in Janus, the Roman god of transitions, beginnings and endings, after whom January was named. And I particularly like the three-headed picture of Janus that looks back, looks straight ahead and also looks forward. So whenever I'm asked about well-being, I think you need to look back before you can look forwards. And by that, I mean looking back to the wisdom of the past, back to the Tao Te Ching written by Lao Tzu 2,500 years ago when he spoke about that sense of interconnection, that life was about simplicity, universal compassion, and retaining a sense of radical humility. And he described how everything starts with the emotional essence, which leads to physical energy, which then leads to spiritual energy or Shen, and that leads then to psychological emptiness known as Wu Wei. And all of these elements of health and energy were interconnected. Later on, then you had philosophers like Plato, who said that the part can never be well until the whole is well. Again, emphasizing how interconnected mind and body really are. Then the Greek philosophers like Aristotle spoke about the good life or hedonia, which was really all about the pursuit of pleasure and the absence and avoidance of pain. And also eudaimonia or the meaningful life, in other words, having a strong sense of purpose and meaning. And of course, this wisdom was forgotten through the ages. And there was an increasing emphasis on an illness-based model of health. And certainly coming into the 20th century with the discovery of penicillin and to a certain extent, the stockpiling of medications after World War II, increasingly 
we've had the emphasis of the pill for every ill, the promise for every problem, often the sticking plaster solution with the rise of what I call Pharmageddon and increasingly in recent years, prescribing medications based on the presence or absence of risk factors for potential future disease. And I want to be really clear here, you know, I'm a doctor, I'm a scientist. Medicine can be life-saving. Medicine can be fantastic. You know, you will always need antibiotics for pneumonia. Modern medicine really can be transformative in terms of the impact it can have on your health when you need it. However, I believe there has been far too much emphasis on people as passive consumers of healthcare as opposed to people being encouraged and empowered to become active participants in their own well-being. And looking straight ahead, we can look at the rediscovery of health by the World Health Organization, who said that health is not merely the absence of disease, but a state of complete physical, mental and relational well-being. And they said that many years ago. But what exactly is well-being? Martin Seligman, who is the guru of positive psychology, I mean, he's the man who moved from learned helplessness to learned optimism. He's the person who, I suppose, turned psychology on its head. And instead of looking at weakness or what was wrong, began to look at, well, what's right or what's strong. And he came up with a model of well-being, which he said is measurable that it has five separate elements, that no single measure defines it exhaustively, but that the five different elements, each was measurable and different and contributed to somebody's sense of well-being. And these five elements were firstly, positive emotion, which is positive feeling, a sense of, of love or gratitude or optimism or happiness, and it's subjective. It's based on how you think or how you feel. Secondly, having a sense of engagement, which is, you know, that sense of flow, doing something that really stretches and challenges you and that consumes your attention and your energy. Thirdly, having a sense of purpose and meaning. In other words, connecting to a cause bigger than yourself. Fourthly, having a sense of accomplishment. This is known as the achieving life, bettering yourself, succeeding setting and working towards goals consistent with your values. And fifthly, having strong, deep, meaningful relationships. And in fact, George Valiant once described positive relationships as a master strength, having that capacity to be loved. You know, in other words, have you got someone you feel comfortable phoning at five o'clock in the morning to tell your troubles to? And he said that if the answer to that question was yes, you were far more likely to live longer than if the answer was no. And of course, there's been so much work done in recent years about the negative impact of loneliness and isolation and how that can have such a detrimental impact on your well-being. So these five elements, positive emotions, engagement, purpose and meaning, accomplishment and relationships all contribute to well-being. So well-being isn't just something that exists in your head. It's an objective, measurable construct. And these five elements are underpinned by your strengths. We all have 24 strengths that we all use to a greater or lesser extent. We generally have four or five signature strengths. These are 
strengths that when we use them feel part of the real you that energize and engage us and enable us to be more of the person we know that we are capable of being. So that's really what well-being is. It's these five elements of positive emotion, engagement, purpose and meaning, accomplishment and relationships underpinned by your strengths. And using these elements enables you to flourish. And flourishing is known as an active process that ensues from paying attention to each aspect of the well-being model. So that's looking straight ahead. But I also want to take that a step further and look forward. And that's where my living with vitality model comes in, because I'm a medical doctor. I'm a scientist. So I really value health because I know that health is the crown on the well person's head that unfortunately, sometimes only the sick person can see. It's our greatest asset. It's absolutely priceless. And yet it can be so intangible. So for me, looking forward, vitality is the various elements of well-being plus health. And by plus health, I mean health IQ, which is having the knowledge, attitudes and awareness to make informed choices and decisions in terms of your long-term health and well-being. Health includes having a resilient mind, a rich emotional bank account, vibrant physical energy, a strong sense of purpose or spiritual well-being, all underpinned by a strong sense of purpose, knowing that who you are really does matter, and also appreciating that the environments you spend your time in, not just the inner environments of thought, emotion and experience, but the outer environments as well, that all, all of these impact on your vitality in an endless flow of change. And of course, health also includes an expanded sense of self. And by an expanded sense of self, I mean really valuing your own self-care needs in terms of mind, body, emotion, and spirit, cultivating a sense of mindful presence through self-awareness, acceptance, and compassion, self-development, and growth. Understanding that no matter where you find yourself in life, you can start again. You can never stop starting. And for me, that's the essence of living with vitality. It's all about starting. It's all about the small positive changes that can add up over time to make a really big difference. It all starts with the first apple you choose to eat, the first walk around the block you take, the first journal you write your gratitude practice in. And for me, it's all about progress. It's never about perfection. Living with vitality is a journey, a commitment to simply never stop starting, to simply commit to live with more vitality. Thank you for listening to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. For further resources to support you to live with more vitality, please visit my website, drmarkrow.com.